on the anonymity sort of features of some of the Fuji and the, the aesthetic, the small, the discreet camera, obviously suits your style with the weddings. But um, it's been quite refreshing as well to see this creep, and it's happened over the last couple of years, of street photography. Mm. Now, I guess my question, Kevin, is you've always, go back to that magazine on the train, I guess you've had an appreciation, whether you knew it or not, of the visual arts. But um, what's, what's the interest in street well, street photography really is—it's—it's um, it's my kind of outlet. It's, I love it. I love shooting street photography. I don't particularly say I was any good at it, but I, you know, I do enjoy it, and I use it a lot as a as a training ground, if you like, for the wedding work. So, um, you know, this idea of reactions and observation and light management. Um, you know, a good a, a, the the principles of any good picture are light composition and moment. Um, and if you can train yourself when shooting on the streets to to appreciate that then you're going to get that in your wedding work i think or your commercial work at least um and for me candid street my my preference of street photography is candid people photography um there's all kinds of genres of street photography architectural based and you know portrait based and all that kind of stuff but for me it's candid i like moments i like people um and i often say it's it's just my photography is people being people that's that's really what it is um and when i'm out on the streets that's what I'm doing too and um, you know it, when you when you're shooting street photography you have a, more of a luxury of time so um, you know you, I could decide today if I wished that yeah you know what three o'clock it's going to be really nice weather in London I'm going to get on the train I'm going to head down for sunset um, I'm going to find a nice corner where the light is breaking uh, people are going to be coming out of work I can position myself and I can make the pictures that I really want to make of course at weddings you don't really necessarily have that much luxury um, but the education levels of it are the same. Okay, the principles are the same. Um, and one of the things that I do when I'm shooting out on the street is always have a project, always have something in my mind, because otherwise, I mentioned this a bit earlier, you're just going to end up doing snapshots. Um, so whether that project is like the color red, or it might be interaction, or it might be um, you know motion or movement or, or you know travel. Um, but if you have a theme in your mind, then you will shoot less and you will see more. Um, because you're looking for it and it's the same at the wedding so I have if there's a dead piece of time sometimes after the speeches before the first dance um, most photographers find that time very laborious because they think oh well there's nothing going everybody sat down drinking a cup of tea etc but I must look busy because they paid me remember to look busy um, so I typically will give myself a little project um, and then I'll go and look for things so whilst I'm still looking I'm not necessarily clicking away all the time but I'm giving myself something to deal with the time. Um, and, you know, it usually works. I did one, uh, an interesting one. I shot a wedding up in um, Yorkshire somewhere a long time ago. And they um, they had all of this time between the um, before the first dance. And all it was a small wedding, about 25 people. And to a man and woman, they all sat around a round bar and they drank um, wine or beer or whatever they were drinking. And they didn't move. None of them moved from this round bar very difficult to to do anything with that apart from just um, record shots of people who are there so i did this whole series of um, the bottoms of people's feet and really interesting 25 people i had uh, there was one guy who had two odd shoes on loads of prices on the bottom lots of skag tights um you know all kinds of funny things i mean the clients didn't see the pictures but it kept me occupied um and it's quite an interesting uh, you know experiment really um but things like that you know uh, and when you're shooting on the streets it's it's the same thing it's important you know one of the one of the 
toughest ones I think and one that I like to do is um, look for pictures that could have been taken in the 50s um, so by that you're looking for people who are not you know don't have iPods on they don't have modern sunglasses on in the background there's not um, CCTV cameras all that kind of stuff very difficult to get that picture I think I've managed to get one that I'm happy with in all the time I've been trying um, but that really does make you watch look 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 the more you look, the more you will um, see things um, rather than wandering around with your, your camera to your eye. And of course, you know, the, the newer cameras, uh, you know, the X-T1 and the likes, they've got the flip down screen and everything. So you can be a bit more um, discreet, which helps. Um, I certainly didn't, I never had the urge to take my DSLRs out on the street and do mm. street photography. I just didn't. Um, and now I love it. And, you know, if I could make a career out of street photography, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, but sadly, I don't think there's an option for that. <laughs> How wide are you shooting? Um, I normally use um, the same lenses. Um, so 23mm and 56mm, two lenses and two bodies. And in full frame terms, that's 35 and 85. And that's the same as I shot with my DSLRs. I had 35mm and 85mm lenses. So when I'm shooting, with it, by and large, that's, that's what I'm shooting with. Um, I have a whole range of stuff. Um, when I was shooting out on the street, I actually like using the little 27mm pancake lens, um, which I think full frame equivalent is something like 47.6, really random number. Um, but it's a tiny, tiny lens. I've lost two of them, they're that small. Um, and, it, you know, it sits on, I use an X-T10 for my street stuff now, which is a small camera. Um, and it's great. It's it's not much bigger than a, my iPhone 6 Plus, you know, and it's... Yeah, it's got a flip down screen. You can do all kinds of. You can control it via your Wi-Fi on your remote on your um, phone. Really, really cool system, cool way of doing things. And I know Sony and Olympus they have similar kind of uh, environments. Um, but this whole idea of using small cameras to to get these types of pictures that you know that interest you. That's you know it all goes back to that, doesn't it? Interest you? I'm interested in the way people behave together and interact with each other and light and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so you really are trying to be invisible on the street then by... How often are you lifting that camera to your eye? Uh, quite rarely. Yeah, mostly it's it's from the hip. Um, do a lot of zone focusing. Um, I think but, it comes across in some of the... There's one of a, an old chap sitting on a bench across him. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're obviously sitting there just looking as though you're flipping through your uh, images. Completely, yeah. yeah. And and what you'll do, what you know, in those cases, you know, it's pre-focused... I don't know, depending on the light and everything, f5.6, something like that, move into the area. And I may not even have the flip down screen. I just know that he's two and a half meters away. He's going to be in focus. Bang, take the picture. Um, and yeah, and I love it. I love all that kind of stuff. But mostly what I'll do is find an area that I like um, and I'll wait and I'll just lean against a pillar or something. And actually people walk very close to you. They really walk close to you. You know, they don't... and. You know, I kind of, I like shooting very narrow, maybe even f two f two point eight, maybe even narrower than that sometimes. Pre-focus, um, wait, wait, wait. People come into that area, bang, there's the picture. Um, you know, and of course, nine times out of ten, it's not a very interesting picture, um, but occasionally it is interesting. It's it's far easier to do that than to chase. I think, um, chase the picture, let them come to you. I think you get stronger pictures personally. Um, Favourite street photographers then? Who, who do you think is giving you the most influence? Um, uh, there's a whole load of them. I mean, at the moment, I like, um, like modern street photographers like uh, Rinzi Ruiz, who is a uh, California, Los Angeles-based photographer. 
his stuff, the way he deals with light is amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, he's a really nice guy, a young guy. Um, and he, you know, he's he's in a good position because he's in Los Angeles for a start. So they get nice light. They have buildings that the light bounces off of and glass and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he has that advantage. Um, but you could pick him up and plonk him in a wet London day and he would make amazing pictures too. Um, you know, I love the, I try and put humor into my wedding work as much as possible, wherever possible. Um, and to that end, I've always loved the work of Elliot Erwitt. Um, Elliot Erwitt probably is is the um, biggest influence in terms of, um, you know, I, I put it this way, I look at his pictures more than anybody else's. I've got all the books, you know, I've got all of the videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I really love all of that kind of stuff. Um, then you have, you know, the, the kind of classics like Joe Marwitz and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, I look at their work and I think this, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. And from an inspirational point of view, whilst I do, you know, I, I do look at other wedding photographers' work, um, a lot of it, in fact, but generally, if it's a night before a wedding and I'm lying on the sofa or I'm in bed or whatever, you know, I go to YouTube and I look up street photography videos. That's what I'm looking at. And it's that that really... Um, you know gets my attention and I look at them and I think right and I, that what it's looking at those kind of videos that make me excited about shooting a wedding um, because I think right you know I've got I've got inspiration I you know I look at the way he's using that like look look at that look at the laugh the character he's caught and the laughter and everything and the thing the biggest element you're um, the biggest problem for street photography is this idea of the, the fear of it the fear of taking pictures on the street paralyzes some people and it's the same for weddings you know um by on street photography i mentioned it letting people come close to me mm. and in weddings it's almost the other way you get you have to get close to people if you want to take these types of pictures and um that fear element you've, you've basically got to be quite ballsy um and you know and looking at the way that the street photographers do things um, I mean, you, you can go to extremes like Bruce Gilding, mm. for example. Um, you know, the pictures he gets are great. I love looking at his pictures. But the way he gets them is the complete antithesis to the way that I work in uh, weddings, on the streets, anything. Um, you know, I have a flash. <laughs> I, it's, I, it does turn on, I believe. Um, but that's about as far as the, the knowledge goes, unfortunately. Um, and it's a little bit of a lazy way of, of doing things. But I much prefer um, natural light or available light, I should say, because, you know, if you're shooting in a, a dingy nightclub or something, it's not natural light, but it's available light. Um, and, you know, going back to this idea of understanding metering and understanding the light you're given, it's really important to, to try and figure that out. Um, and I don't, I you know, I certainly don't use flash. I would never use flash on the street photography. Um, and I really don't use it at weddings either. And it's the only time that I need to kind of add some additional light is for focusing if it's really dark, then yeah, you know, occasionally I'll pull that flash out, um, but I normally use little spotlights that I have in my bag um, for focus acquisition. Um, I prefer natural light, I prefer ambient light, and a lot of my images are high uh, elevated ISO levels. Um, I'm not fearful of noise in my pictures. Um, and although saying that, I, you know, I won't go much higher than 6,400 ISO these days. Um, but again, having the EVF allows you to see what you've got and deal with it accordingly. Um, but one of the things I do like about your work is you, you're also not afraid of the, the deep shadows no. in your work. Yeah. Um, and that comes across, 
I think in the street work uh, uh, mm-hmm. as well. But given that street is that completely different um, environment, you know, you, architecture, as you say, you know, you've got light bouncing off buildings, mm-hmm. you've got deep, deep shadows. But are you interested in abstract sort of work in terms of some of the street? Yeah, kind of. I, you know, I was down in Southampton a while back, and um, there's a square there where it's, there's basically a big shadow that falls on this square um, and it moves across obviously given the time um, but it's great because you get people who are they're literally walking into shadow with light falling on their face and walking out of shadow you know with the darkness um, and you can do some really quite abstract images in that type of environment and in the background there are um, some large skyscrapers that you know they're kind of they're well positioned you're going to get a good composition from them um, but it's not less, you know. It's it's more about a um, type of image that's going to pique at the attention. You know, a little bit of ambiguity. I think in a picture is good in a single picture, because then you you know you kind of look at it and you think, hmm, okay, what's going on? So um, I did some skateboarding guys, and you know, it's you can't see the skateboarding, you can't see the skates because they're they've just moved into the shadow area. Um, but you can see their face and you can see their arms and they're lit, they're well exposed, but they're in the shadow. Um, and you're kind of looking at this from a very wide, a wide picture. Um, and you're looking at this whole scene thinking, actually, you know what, it's, I looked at it and think, I wonder what was going on in that shadow. You know, it's not obvious. Um, I like to create pictures like that. Um, but again, it's still about the people. It's mostly about people. Mm. Um, I want to, light has to be, light is important. But it's the moment that comes into it. So this idea of light composition moment, you know, I think the light and the moment are the the key things. Composition for me is is tertiary. Um, obviously, you want to get good composition, but I don't want to I don't want to miss a, an image with a good light and good moment because I've been worrying about the rule of thirds and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's yeah you can kind of shoot whichever way you appreciate, I suppose. But at the end of the day, like everything, you have to be making pictures that you like. I mean, I guess street photography and that kind of urban uh, photography, you know, whether it's street portraits or, or mm-hmm. architecture for some people, mm-hmm. is so experimental in terms of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've started um, some workshops now in mm-hmm. street photography. What do you feel people are coming on those workshops for, given it can be such a personal or experimental sort of theme? What's Kevin Mullins offering on the street? Almost all of the people who come on those workshops, I ask them the question when we sit down for a coffee at the beginning, um, they're coming to try and beat their fear. And that's it. And so they look at the, um, they look at my street photos and to a certain extent the wedding too. Um, and they think, well, how, you know, how do you beat this fear? How do you get pictures basically? How are you getting pictures on the streets? Of people. Of people. And so we start quietly, um, we, you know, we just basically work our way around the cameras and stuff. And then we start, throughout the day, I take them through this whole idea of observing. So I, I give them um, little experiments throughout the day. One of the things that we do, for example, is I turn all of their cameras to black and white. So their viewfinder is in black and white if they're using um, EVFs. But then I give them the task of looking for images that are red or that have red in them. So that means they have to move away from the viewfinder. They have no choice but to start looking outside of the frame, watching stuff. And that, that makes them move the camera away from their eyes. Okay, So they immediately become less threatening to people. Um, then we move down to kind of hip, shooting from the hip, and then we move into zone focusing. 
So the, the, the whole idea of zone focusing to most people is alien. They have no idea what it is. Um, unless you're a street photographer, in which case it's the Bible. You know, you, you will know what it is and you will be using it. Um, and when they get that, when they understand the whole idea of zone focusing, you see all these little light bulbs going ping, 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 ping. Um, because then they get it. They then understand that you can allow people to get close to you or you can even get close to a people um, and shoot candidly. You understanding um, the focus distances and your apertures and what's going on with your ISO and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's really, but it's about the fear. People want to beat that fear. Um, and, and hopefully they do. You mentioned earlier about the um, slowing down at weddings. Did, did that come after this start in street or did street, I'm getting it, did street inform you slowing down weddings or did you did I'm, start earlier? I'm not sure if the street stuff um, brought that on board or whether it was actually the move to um, using EVFs, mirrorless cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that probably had more to do with it. Um, I it's definitely an important element you, you, you know rightly or wrongly there are people out there who shoot um, weddings they might take 10,000 pictures 5,000 pictures um, you know it's not the way I want to shoot um, I don't think you can not affect the wedding if you are in people's faces going clack 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 um, but saying that the clients that come to those people understand that and they get the pictures and they do what they need to do and, and that's fine Um I'm, I much prefer to shoot less, see more, shoot less, take the pictures. And I do, I genuinely believe this. I'm not just kind of making it up. I do believe that you, if you slow down, you will see more and you will take better pictures. Um, don't get me wrong. I still overshoot <laughs> at a wedding. I, I, I don't think it's natural for anybody not to. Um, you know, when you're, but if you're tasked with giving 400 pictures, mm. that's a lot of pictures to try and get from one job. Um, so to a certain extent you're going to cover your bases uh, and especially if you're shooting in a documentary style where there's no second chances you can't ask granny to re-kiss the bride you know because you, you missed the shot that's that's not you know some people would but that's certainly not the way that I would I would do it um, but a wedding or I guess a personal party where there's such a there are going to be so many personal moments particularly with family members who rarely get together exactly. or people are about to pop their clogs yeah, and yeah. when it comes to the grannies every one of those images could have a bit of meaning couldn't it if Absolutely. you were to revisit that yeah totally um, you know I've heard stories from clients where I've shown them pictures and then they've told me afterwards the story of the relationship I shot a wedding earlier this year where um um the grandmother dropped well just dropped dead in front of me literally right in front of me dropped dead um a bit of a bizarre story but you know the the fact of the matter is that those are the last pictures um and you know she was very elderly um and you know very difficult to get any pictures of actually as it turned out throughout the day but the pictures i did have i do have of her are candid and they're natural and they're her mm. in her natural you know in her environment yeah. with her friends and family around her they're not it's not a forced posed mm. group shot portrait type thing which she would have hated and would never have probably had done anyway um, so yeah, you get all kinds of things that, that are going on. You just don't understand or don't know until afterwards how important the things are, especially when people pass away. Um, you know, it's it's powerful. You know, I want people to look at the pictures in 20 years time. I want them to show the pictures to their children or their grandchildren um, and say, you know what, look, there's, there's granddad John, um, you know, giving me a big hug rather than look, there's granddad John and his you know vintage looking print with his funny 
trousers on in a big lineup of other people that they don't remember anymore. Mm. You know, that's that's the, it's it's all about those moments for me. It really is. Um, and I think everyone's a character, aren't they? I mean, yeah. Whether it's at a wedding, yeah, <laughs> they're through a drink, or just natural persona. Um, but you've yeah. got to see the same on the street, I guess, as well. I mean, will you that that interest, obvious interest in people? Mm. Um, if you see some street artists or performers, or if you see a bit of confrontation going on, mm. those are interesting moments. Are you trying to capture those? How, how up close are you getting? Um, it depends on it, it depends on what's going on. Typically, with things like street artists and stuff. So, if you go to London, Covent Garden, there's a lot of street artists. I don't normally take the pictures of them. I'll take the pictures of the people look, taking the pictures mm. of them. That kind of thing. You can really blend in if you go and stand on um, Parliament Square on the opposite side of Big Ben, um, where the tube exits, you it's packed every single day, every every moment of every day, especially around the, 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 the chiming of the clock, it's packed full of tourists. And what are the tourists doing? They're holding their cameras up to their eyes or just in front of them with their iPhones and things like that. So you can really get in there, really get in there and just do the same. And, you know, use I use the little camera, um, whichever camera it is, and I, you know, I don't look through the viewfinder, I hold it in front of me like it's a phone just like everybody else is and then I just turn around and I can take you can be inches from people's faces and mm. get real frame filling pictures mm. because you're putting yourself in the same environment as them and you're behaving like them and you're doing the same as them um, it's far it's not at all threatening you know um, so in those kind of that's that's the kind of thing I like to do um, if there's some kind of confrontation or something like that or you know occasionally you'll see some somebody you know being rather romantic with somebody else on the street, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't typically go for those types of shots because I think, hmm, would I like to be t- my picture to be taken mm. in that circumstance? And I probably wouldn't. Um, so you know, I tend to leave those alone. Um, but like I say, when I'm shooting on the street, it's more about the themes and the projects. I'm trying not to um, divert from those. So if I am at Parliament Square, for example. Um, you know, my theme might be frame filling faces, you know, which I've done several times. Um, and it's great. You can really pick up on characters and, you know, I have a really, 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 really bizarre ambition. And that is to have um, to get a picture of somebody mid sneeze um, just as they're breaking a shadow and coming into that light. So a metered correctly and a proper kind of a chew. Um, and it's, it's nigh on impossible to get that picture, I think. Um, and that's a really bizarre ambition of mine. And, that, and sometimes I'll just wait. I'll find a nice break in light. I'll wait. I'll meet her for the uh, shadow. And I'll watch the people come. And obviously, you look in the directions they're coming from, you know, shooting upstream, as they call it. So, you know, watch where the light, light's falling on their faces. Otherwise, you know, you can end up silhouetting. Um, and, you know, have something. Have, have an idea of what you want rather than just go and, you know, click, 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 click. Mm. Yeah. Has the, the the move it well move into and, and developing more on the streets side? Has that sparked any other ideas? I, I don't know. Maybe you had them before, but personal projects, you know, away from the weddings, away from the editing, mm-hmm. away from the marketing. Mm-hmm. What's floating your boat in terms of you don't have to give me specific projects, but what kind of areas interest you? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think um, you know one of my two thousand and sixteen. Um, they call it resolutions is to do more of this as I do every year I have this resolution I must admit um, but I 
you know, I'm really interested in the uh, community that I live in. And there's a lot of farmers, there's a lot of rural agricultural people here. So I'm going to try and explore that a little bit next year. Um, not from any kind of commercial point of view, just for me to get out, um, shoot documentary in real life. Um, that's really what I'm interested in. I've shot births. Um, I've shot all kinds of um, personal stuff in terms of... Um, you know, friends and the environments like that. And, and that helps. You can do all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, I have this, um, I have these, a couple of long-term projects going on in London from a street photography point of view. You know, very simple. Uh, it's uh, one of them is, um, you know, on a tube and kind of sitting on a seat and, you know, it's it's an interesting project. Um, but yeah, definitely next year I want to, to kind of get out there more and do more um, social documentary. Um, would perhaps never be seen by the light of day, um, but it's it's good to it's good for your soul to get out and about. And if you shoot weddings, if you if you're fully incumbent in or, or fully fully encompassed in this this environment of weddings, then I mean it's good, but it's you know it's too much. It can, if that's all you ever do, um, it's too much, and you definitely need to fulfil your um, you know your artistic ambitions. I think a little bit more. So yeah, I used to shoot sport photography. I used to go to um, Bristol Rugby Club a lot and go pitch side um, and I just don't have the time for that these days and you know I used to love doing that mm. but again I had projects there I would um, you know I'd have these I would try and get pictures where all of the people in the frame all their feet were off the ground things like that you know and nobody would ever notice it but that was that's what I'm trying to do because it was not I wasn't doing it for any kind of commercial reasoning so I had no pressures of delivering killer pictures for the newspapers or anything Um you know, all these types of things, you know, kind of run around in your head and uh, it helps you, I think. It helps you look for things, uh, kind of observe more. But, but observation, and, and I think other influences are important, but I think particularly in photography. Um, mm. And getting out, meeting, talking with, I guess, other photographers. You, you're, you're doing, you go to events. Mm -hmm. um, you're meeting the other guys, the Fuji photographers. I mean, characters like Zach Arias. And, mm -hmm. David Hobby, interesting characters, completely different genres of photography. But um, you've also got together in the Kaji Collective. Can mm -hmm. we discuss a little bit about why you got into that? Because Patrick Lillerock, I've got to say, I love. Uh, I know his stuff's amazing. He's amazing. He's one of those guys that you actually want to hate because he's just so good and nice at everything. But very he's, passionate. He's very passionate. He's a great musician. He's a great artist. Just generally a great artist. Great great person so yeah so Patrick um, started the Kaje Collective which Kaje is um, Japanese for shadow um, and there are six of us in it right now um, and really it's it's it was brought together by this um, the tethering of the Fuji system effectively um, although we don't really use that as a, um, a as a branding element to it because it's not true that we would all always be using Fuji but we would all stay in the collective um, and so it's really a place where we congregate online. We have this um, like meeting tool. It's called Slack. A really, really, very interesting online tool where um, you know it's like all being in the same room, and you we show the pictures and we talk about the pictures, and it's no holds barred. Um, yeah, this is really bad, or this is really good, or you, this works well with this one, or this shouldn't be in black and white. Um, and you know we help each other out we help each other out a lot and we're actually going or Patrick I should say is putting a lot of work into it we're going to go through to a we're transitioning into a monthly um, 
uh, delivery system. It's not going to be a magazine as such, but we're going to have monthly schedules and get new content online monthly um, with a view to opening people's eyes more to um, you know this idea of social documentary. And normally the work we're putting in there is outside of our commercial um Commitments. So um, while some of my stuff might be weddingly based, I'm will be doing more of the social documentary stuff. Mm. Pat's commercial work is studio and still life, and most of his stuff on the Cartier Collective will be outside of that remit. Um, so it's it's about pushing ourselves more than anything, but you know, opening it up to other people to see too. Um, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. What I did like about Patrick, so because he's very much into experimentation, yeah, um, and the multimedia projects because he does music as mm-hmm. well. It's very interesting, isn't it? Putting a bit of context, yeah. To image. So it's not just words; it's sometimes a sketch. Absolutely, you know, yeah. A project. Uh, he's an artist. He's just bubbling with art, and I've met him. Uh, well, he's in Canada. I've met him a couple of times, um, and he just comes across as this effervescing character who is just—he's just in it. Honestly, he's in it constantly, in it. He's very, very talented. Um, With his blog, what a fantastic record of those kids yeah. growing up. Yeah. Isn't it? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And sometimes you look at the pictures and you think, my word, these are so simple but beautiful. Mm. Um, you know, I look, at his, I look at his blog and I think, ah, oh, you know, I've got loads of pictures of my kids, but we... We just don't have, you don't have that kind of light falling in our windows and I live in a tiny cottage with, you know, little square windows and everything. And, and, you know, and I kind of sometimes think, oh man, you know, we need to move to Canada. But of course it's not about that. It's about his skill of taking those pictures. He'd get those, he'd get the same pictures in my house any time of the day. But that kind of um, introduction, relationship, meeting him now, um, that's going to be good for the soul for you though as well isn't it? Mm-hmm. in terms of questioning yourself refining your work developing your work yeah um, wedding's a day job but obviously photography's now in your gut isn't it absolutely uh, 100% and um, it's it's almost been a saviour really this kind of, this Kaja Collective coming along because like I say right now we're going through this transition and right now they're all having to kick me a little bit at the butt because um, I am in, you know, towards the end of a big, busy wedding series uh, season. I've still got weddings to edit. I've still got uh, three or four weddings to shoot. Uh, it's hard for me to to commit to to doing this stuff. Um, but what they're saying to me, um, you know, is get out there, get out there, do these things, do these things by this time. Um, and it's forcing me to do it. And I want to do it. Of course, I could always say no and move away from it. But, you know, by um, by really kind of encouraging each other to, to move forward and, and shoot um, outside of our work remits, if you like, then it's only a good, it can only be a good thing. Um, and, you know, who, who knows what will come of it? And one of the... Uh, um, uh, one of the guys has just produced a um, music photography book, uh, Fleming Bo Jensen. Um, they all have these quotes. Fleming Bo Jensen, Patrick LaRock, and then I'm Kevin. <laughs> what the, I've got, that's terrible. I've forgotten the Scottish guy's name, but he does a lot of street as well, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, Clark. Um, he um, He's up in uh, Edinburgh, or is it Glasgow? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I think I saw him. I met him. I think I met him in Glasgow, but he was based in Edinburgh, one or the other. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, his his commercial work is um, music, photography, jazz. He does a lot. He's a very good jazz musician too. Uh, he does a lot of that. He travels around to take in portraits of jazz musicians and things. Um, and yeah, and so you know, it's there's a lot of travel photography on there. A couple of the guys are um, 
what they call professional nomads. They just wander around the world taking pictures, great life. Um, and so at the moment, I think they're in Colombia. Oh no, Colombo, um, something like that, Sri Lanka. Um, and and what's interesting about some of the posts that have gone up on the Kaji um, site is, and I wonder whether it's going to inform Kevin Mullen's work going forward, is it's one thing to put together the considered marketing approach blog posts, but the photo essay words and context with images. Absolutely. Are we going to see more of that from you? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I've put three essays up there um, this year, or certainly... Uh, in the last kind of 18 months or 15 months or so um, and you're right what happens is you write I would never write the stuff that accompanies it on my wedding website um, it's it's a much more um, I don't know it's it's Actually. yeah I suppose it's it's um, you know it's not really what clients what brides would want to read um, but yeah you know I did this whole um, I was in Argentina and I went to this place called the La Recleta Cemetery where they have all of the famous people basically anybody who's anybody in Argentina they all get buried in the same place um, and you know like Eva Prom's there and all this kind of stuff and that's where everybody is there they're all looking at her grave and they're all putting flowers on it and I was just wandering around the back of it and there's a um, just one tiny grave for this um, little boy and uh, called Joachim and he was born in 2006 and died in 2011. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I formulated this essay, photo essay, based around this, based around the fact that, you know, he's a little boy. Um, nobody's, look, his grave was, you know, in, in not in a good state of repair. Nobody's putting flowers there, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and yet to be buried in this graveyard, you have to have money or somebody must have had the money and stuff. So the words that I put together for that were very um, impassioned. I have no idea who that little boy is, but you know, having a little boy of my own, you kind of you know you feel empathy for things, um, and so you do write on a more powerful basis for the stuff that you put into the Kajri Collective, um, and also you you have to because the other guys are so damn good. Honestly, you know, <laughs> you just kind of look at their pictures, look at what they write, and you think back to the drawing board. Um, but yeah, things like that, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff we're interested in. Um, you know, incidental photography, really, uh, incidental stories. Um, and anybody can set these things up. Anybody can set one up. Um, if you're struggling, anybody's struggling to, um, you know, find a, um, an outlet for discussing their work or for, um, you know, critiquing it and then getting a sounding board for it and then find people, you, you keep it small, find a small amount of people and be committed to it. And, you know, and, and it will it will flow. And I think what's great about that one is you're doing it across continents. Yeah, we've got Australia, uh, the Nordics here, um, Canada. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. Mm. So do you see, even just wrapping up, that interaction with other photographers having matured you in terms of what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Do you challenge yourself, do you think? Yeah, it definitely helps me challenge myself. It's a very level, uh, it's a, a grounding, it's a very grounding experience. Um, I think, you know, when, you, um, when you're at the end of this desk, you know, we're sat here at my editing system here, and I'm sat here most days, you know, blah, 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 and you have Facebook or social media and stuff. But actually, they're just, um, you know, they're just kind of ghosts, if you like. And then you have this um, area of the internet and these people you can pick the phone up to and, you know, consider them friends. 
um, and speak to them about work, speak to them about problems. And, and you know, it really is a um, uh, kind of um, system where you will only get good things out of it. There's no negatives um, apart from perhaps having to do the work, um, get things done on time and stuff, you know, that's life. Um, but you know, you, it's, it's, it's a great thing. It's, it's a really, really good thing. And I think people who, uh, especially in the wedding world, they, they become very insular. They, they, you know, it's, it's them and they're, they're scared to tell anybody about anything. They're scared to tell people what their prices are. They won't tell them how they've edited a picture or anything. Um, and for me, stepping out of that industry into this, um, uh, kind of parallel universe if you like they're photographers but it's nothing to do with weddings there's nothing to do with the business side of things um, there's no it's all about integrity and it's all about um, commitments and moving everybody forward as a unit rather than as an individual basis Kevin cheers thank you